Book Guys show is brought to you by Audible. Go to bookguys.ca slash audible and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. This is the Book Guys Show. My name is Paul Alves. I'm the guy with the band-aid on his face, in case you're wondering. And joining us all the way from Washington. Father Robert. How are you, Padre? <laughs> I am just fine. We had a crazy beautiful day here in D.C. It was 53 degrees. The sun was shining through. No wind, no rain. I, I wish more winters would be like this. Well, in, in Toronto, Canada, where I'm at... Um, Basically, the entire city is coated and looks like a giant white Slurpee. You almost want to just go out there with some uh, like uh, food coloring, you know, and, and flavoring, and just make everything strawberry. <laughs> we got a you great. Can always uh, head over to the east. We got a great panel today, Padre. Uh, Sir Jimmy is uh, maybe going to join us later. Who knows? It's Sir Jimmy, but we got a great panel all the way from Montreal, Quebec. We have Pat Flewelling. Am I pronouncing Flewelling correctly? You got it right the first time. I'm very impressed. <laughs> and you, you are with the Canadian Mystery Writers Association, which we will talk about in a bit. And how's the weather in uh, Montreal? I'm downwind of you. I have that same slushy snow. Thank you very much. You could have kept it to yourself. <laughs> and also joining us, returning, returning to the show from Manhattan, New York, the one and only stand-up comedian, audiobook narrator, who knows what else he does in his spare time, Johnny Heller. How you doing, Johnny? Very well, thanks for having me back. We've been we've been uh, rainy all day for two days now. Ah, nice, nice. So, so Padre is the only. You got to be a priest, you know. Maybe he gets some preferential uh, treatment from the the guy upstairs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are going to start talking to. Uh, we, what do we usually do, Padre? I'm lost here. We talk about what's on your Kindles. On your Kindles, on your computers, what you're reading, what you're listening to, what you're doing with your brain, basically. Pretty much. Or for Professor Allen's case, what's in his cassette player. That's saying. right. That's right. 8-track. <laughs> I prefer the 8-track. Anything That's new on uh, on your Android device, uh, Padre? Or uh, Yeah, well, so I'm... Um, I... I took taken a break from uh, from Collins and the uh, the Hunger Games trilogy. So I finished off the second book. Very very happy. Waiting to go the, to the third book, uh, just because I felt as if my manliness was being threatened. So I needed to go to something a bit more, you know, uh, manly, professional. So okay. I'm back to comic books, <laughs> and and I'm actually going back into the Green Lantern series. Uh, there there's a user on YouTube right now who I'm sure completely destroying copyright has been taking Green Lantern comics and just making a really, really nice presentation. Basically putting motion graphics into them and nice. using what's on the screen along with some, some music that he's just added in. And it's really drawn me in. And it's gotten me to the point where I, I'm actually going out and buying books again. I, I haven't bought graphic novels since I was 16 years old. Right. Um, and it, this has sort of gotten me back into it because some of the art is absolutely fantastic. Some of the storylines are deeper than I ever remember comic books doing. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what, what I'm in right now. Yeah, M Marvel did some of that on iTunes, uh, the Iron Man Extremist series. I mm -hmm. really enjoyed that. I, I actually I went through the whole series. Same thing. It's pseudo comic book, half comic book, half animation. Right. You right. know, uh, but well done. Not like the old Spider-Man. Remember where they only animated <laughs> certain parts? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it was really bad. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I actually just finished a book called 14 by Peter Kleins. You know, I always need my notes because I don't remember anything. Uh, 14 by Peter Kleins. We'll talk about that later after the break. Uh, really enjoyed that. And I'm just fin finishing up uh, Star Strike 
um, a movie about space marines. <laughs> wait, wait, are you allowed to say space marines? I think I can. We might get sued by uh, get Games sued, Workshop, yeah. but that's okay. We don't care anyways. <laughs> I'm surprised we're not pulled off YouTube each and every week, to be <laughs> honest with you. But hey, it's fair use because we're a news show. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. They'll pull you off anyways. <laughs> and uh, Patricia, Pat. Yeah. Is there anything on your Kindle, anything on your nightstand that uh, you want to I tell the readers about? Just, I just uploaded four new books. They're all part of a series, the Sam Truman book. Uh, they're put out by Abattoir. I think you might have heard of it. But uh, I haven't actually started reading them yet. I am getting there. But uh, they're written by a couple of friends of mine as well. So definitely go out and get them. I think, uh, unfortunately, by the time this airs, they uh, they won't be free anymore. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're releasing now on, the, on Fridays. Uh, yeah. This gives people, you know, uh, a new episode of Book Guys to enjoy on the weekend. Kind of makes sense. And, and speaking of friends, we do have a friend in common, uh, not only myself and yourself, but Book yeah. Guys show and yourself, um, part of Donna. the Canadian Mystery Writers Association, uh, Donna Carrick. Uh, I mean, we're, ta we're talking, I think, maybe episode five of, uh, it was called Paul the Book Guy at the time. Uh, Donna Carrick and Alec Carrick, uh, just love, lovely people. Lovely people. Absolutely. I, actually, you know what? I've, I've, uh, as we see behind me, there's quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of space here. Like I'm, right now, I'm just at my desk, but uh, we do have room here that I'm going to build a little, uh, you know, studio where we can actually sit and talk with people. Uh, and uh, I've sworn that Donna and Alec are going to be our first guests, just in honor of them being one of the original uh, Book Guys Show listeners. Oh, let us know. We'll get that. Uh, we'll get that advertised for Terminator. Hey, Johnny yeah. Heller, audiobook narrator, stand-up comedian, and who knows what he does in his spare time? No one knows. <laughs> Anything on your uh, Kindle, iPad? On your... I just finished. Uh, I'm looking at my Kindle right now. It's actually a Nook. Um, what did I just finish? Let's see here. I just finished. I like to read uh, books by a fellow named uh, Tim Dorsey. Are you familiar with him? He's I, am, a I am not, no. He's, he's a Florida writer like Carl Hyacin and... Uh, his his uh, his lead guy is a uh, a serial killer named Serge Storms, but it's it's funny wacky stuff. And he only kills people who are ill mannered louts who probably deserve to be, you know, just you know, jerks who uh, are bullies on the beach or something like that. He uh, kills them in inventive ways because he's off his meds. So he's got a kind of like a, a Harry's code, like Dexter. He's got the a code that he goes by, and yeah, and it, it makes sense. And it's um. They're very, very funny books, and I, I like. I, I read. I bounce between those guys. His new one is called Riptide, and I bounce between those and um, historical biographies for the most part. I started uh, reading Ike's Bluff, but then a bunch of work came in, so I don't have time to read the things I want to read. I read the things that I'm paid to read, which is I nice. hate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and when we had uh, Scott Brick on the show, he definitely said that there is a you know big, huge line between. Uh, reading for well, pleasure and reading for work. So I understand what you're it's saying. It's not just me, right? No, we got, we got this Skype thing going on. We got can a, you hear him? There's a ticking time bomb going on in the background. The ocean of Skype, I think Leo, Leo Laporte calls it. It comes in, goes. You know, Paul, you... The joys of Skype. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, I'm kidding. You know, Microsoft Skype, I'm kidding. Uh, you make the show possible. Makes How do the they make possible. money off this? <laughs> I don't know. I give them money. I have a Skype premium account. I don't know. I don't have, I just have the regular one. I don't pay anybody anything. 
Maybe I'm the problem. Me, I don't know. Uh, no, it's it works. It usually works fine. It just usually when you need to do a mission critical thing, like you know, doing a book show, that's when it fails. So, so Johnny, uh, what do you got in the fire? I hear you got some new stuff going on for Blackstone Audio. Things going on Audible. You, you're all over the place. What's going on? I'll tell you what. It's been extremely busy since um, for me since maybe July or August, almost nonstop. Um, there are things on Audible, right? What happened was Audible, the big kid on the block, bought up a lot of what we call uh, uh, the, the backlisted titles. In other words, the new releases, the thing that's hot right now, the latest, you know, uh, 150 shades of uh, puce, um, those things come out and people <laughs> want to narrate those right away. But as you do that, the previous books that probably should have been narrated didn't. So Audible's bought up, I think, everything that's ever been written since the Gutenberg Bible, right. and they're trying to put it out. Um, and so a lot of they've given a lot of production houses a lot of work to do. So I was fortunate enough to work for Bob Dayan out in uh, Dayan Audio out in California, uh, working in my own studio here in Manhattan, though, on this uh, vampire series. And it takes place in Chicago in the 30s. And there's a gangster motif, and our hero is a newspaper reporter who gets killed um, actually, there's 12 books in the first two somebody else narrated. But anyway, I think he gets killed in the first one or two and is, uh, becomes a vampire. Apparently, you don't know you're a vampire until you've uh, been with one and become one when you get killed. So it's it's a not even a 50-50 shot. You're going to become one. Right. So he's a vampire and he teams up with this British uh, Ronald Coleman-esque uh, detective. And they solve crimes and get involved with the mob. And there's, it's, it's a wonderful series by a woman named P.N. Elrod, who has since friended me on Facebook. And, and uh, these books are available on Audible right now. So look up P.N. Elrod. That's, I'm, I'm on the case, my friend. And she has a boatload of books. I think, uh, I wonder if I can remember the books. Let's see here. I mean, there's so many. There's like, it's, I've never done such a long series where you, the, the characters grow. It's book after book. Let me go find them here. Ah, yes. The Memoirs of a Vampire? That's that's one that's one of her series that isn't the one. I, um, okay, I I'm trying to get my nook to do what I want it. She do. she loves her vampires. Everything's a vampire. Oh yes. You no, know, everything's a zombie book anymore. Zombies <laughs> are the least interesting, yes. horrible creature I can think of. Mindless brain eaters. While vampires are kind of cool. Not that I'm in favor of anybody becoming such. <laughs> the, uh, the Vampire Files looks like that's the one. Uh, yes. So oh, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, you said twelve. All right, so let me, let me yeah. just go by Vampire Files. Remember, folks. A Song in the Dark, Cold Streets, Dark Road Rising, Fire in the Blood, The Dark Sleep. There's a bunch. So, so you started narrating at book three, which is Blood Circle by P.N. Yes. Elrod. Um, do you mind if I play a little clip from that, Johnny? You have a clip? I, we always have a clip. You just go to Audible. You go to bookguys.ca slash Audible. Click there, friends. You can get it for free just for trying them out. Let's do this live. Chicago, September 1936. Then the door opened and there was this crazy-looking blonde guy with a shotgun just standing there, grinning at us. Before we could do anything, he swung it up and fired right at Braxton. How close were you? To... to Braxton. Pretty close, arm's length. It's a long clip and we'll edit it for the show, but... Uh, Johnny, you know... Some of these uh, clips, now, I'm sure that you will browse some uh, Audible and look at some of the work that you've done, you know, uh, and, and click on the little sample. This is one of my pet peeves. Love the glasses, Padre. Love yeah, the glasses. Um, 
One of my pet peeves with Audible is that they sometimes it almost seems like they pick a random clip from the doesn't like, it? I feel like I'm on the Letterman show after my new movie and I showed like the opening credits instead of anything in the film. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I might not even play the clip on the show. Uh, it's it's not, not great narration, but they could have picked uh, a three Something minute. Something interesting? Yeah, and they've got a long clip, right? They, they do like three to four minutes. So they could really give you like, get down to the nitty gritty, give you a nice clip of the book. And then they, I think it actually isn't a, a random algorithm that just, you know, they, they run it through software that just, here's three minutes. Yep. Buff. Um, I'm told I'm told by authors that you can contact Audible and say I would like this to be my three minute uh, preview so if the narrator can or the author can uh, the author I believe can or the publisher I, I, I'm guessing that you know the, the, the author can talk to the publisher and they can you can actually contact them and, and change that because uh, you know hey great narration but that was just not didn't it's sound not anything about the book, book. For gosh sakes right. I mean, that was you know, I, I love me more than other people do. And I'll tell you, I wouldn't have bought myself just now. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't exciting. I mean, and, and the books are really good. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's like um, that. some of the advice I give to, to, to authors who are submitting their work is if you're if chapter one, first paragraph is not, you know, doesn't get you going. Don't submit that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, you know what? When you send your submission, throw in chapter three. You know, as the beginning yeah. of the book, or you know what, get your book edited, because well, the editor is going to put chapter three as the chapter one. <laughs> it's true with the audiobook. I teach audiobook narration workshops, and I, I, it's amazing. Oh, here goes my dog. Sorry. It, it's true that uh, um, <laughs> love your dogs. <laughs> they're taken out right now, as a matter of fact. Um, um, it, it's true that a lot of narrators don't understand, or actors in general on their demo reel. You got to put the best stuff out there, because people decide in the first fraction of a second that yeah. they see you if they like you and the same if they hear you on, on a tape so if you put something like we just listened to which initially i thought might be good but then it didn't really go anywhere um it had something exciting happen that might have been fine but since it wasn't and i, I yeah. wonder why audible in the business or any production house in the business of selling audiobooks wouldn't try and have wouldn't have someone on staff to say this is a better part than that part. yes at least have someone listen to the audiobook and say well these are bookmark and say look these are the great three minutes here because you can take the greatest works of all time and i'm sure yeah. you could find three minutes that wouldn't sell the book you know? yeah absolutely yeah i've worked with a uh, an actor here oh not here in uh california uh i, I, I knew him back when i was in uh, uh university and uh, one of the lines that he uses with his students is when you're making your demo reel you can look over the corpus of your work and you have 2% that is absolutely stellar, that really shows your range, that shows your talents, that shows how good you are. You have 30% that is absolute crap, and then the rest of it is middling stuff. And he said the, the problem is when you're trying to put together your sizzle reel, you have no idea which is which. So that's why you need an outside person to help you find what it is that, that draws people in. And he, yeah, just like you, Johnny, he said, you've got maybe five seconds to draw them in. And yes. it doesn't matter if it's a five-minute demo roll. If you don't get them in the first five seconds, they've already moved on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It all goes back to you need an editor. And and yeah, I think Audible does, needs yeah. an editor to sit there and, and get the three-minute. They want to sell audiobooks. It's probably, it's a great audiobook, but they got to get that three minutes, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the, but the series in general is is uh, is very good, very exciting. But, you know, in any book, you're going to have a, a narrative and, you know, 
mm-hmm. stuff leading to the stuff. The trick is in audiobooks, it, well, and well, even I'm writing. I'm looking here on Audible. I mean, every every single one of these uh, twelve books has gotten at least a four star rating on Audible, and that's you know pretty good. You get that a lot. Although you, you see that things have four and five star ratings, and then you and then you read the comments. They say this is the this narrator sucks, or the, and because they always have these comments, of people because it's like the only people who write in are people who just hate you. And yes. so I, I think I sometimes, sometimes I look at my Audible comments, and I I think it's kind of funny because you know overall book yeah. performance five stars, and then the comments, oh my god, this is where they get this guy, you know. And I, I see my friends like Barbara Rosenblatt and Katie Kellgren, people I you know really very good, and I'm like, oh my. You know, I, I think there's three types of people that uh, do reviews online. There's the person that really, really liked the book. And, you know, they'll take the time to click and, and, and write out the review. There's people that really hated the book. And they'll take the time. And they're usually, they're, you know what, they're, they're polite. They'll say something like, well, don't waste your money. You know, uh, it wasn't for me. And then there's just douchebags. Douchebags yes. that just go around the internet. <laughs> just, you know... We call them trolls. They're the trolls. trolls. Exactly. They're I the trolls. I am the troll king. <laughs> well, you're the troll king of NSFW. That's right. That's you haven't right. done it in a while. I haven't seen you in a while. You got to go to Brian. Uh, go to Brian Brushwood's house. I want to see you, like, you know, go behind his set and wearing some weird costume or something. I, I was on it yesterday, and I probably really shouldn't have been on it because they were making fun of the Pope, and so oh. I'm probably going to get a call about that. <laughs> it's going to take you out of the running, I bet. I, I think I am now officially out of the running. I have not even made the, uh, what is it, the, the Sweet 16? The <laughs> You're on the yeah. round of 64 now. Is it? I'm yeah. done. I'm done. Yeah, but you know what, Johnny? Some people just uh, go to reddit.com. You'll see them all. Oh, there. yeah. You know, uh, there's people that just want to spout, you know, nonsense online. You know, it, but that's, that's, that's what it's about. I have no problem with that. All, although I found that if you are a member of Audible, if you say such and such review is not helpful, that review starts moving down the page until it's suddenly not there. Yes. yes. So you can you can quiet some of the asses who are only there to uh, That's right. complain. It's like people go out for restaurants just so they can bitch at the service, you know. Uh, I know people. <laughs> yes. What do you, yeah, like everybody I know, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of these books. You know what? I Johnny, I'm gonna I'm gonna get started. Now, um, Barrett Whitener narrated the first two, I believe. I, I don't know. So I, um, when they came out to me... Um, sorry, Johnny. I'm going to have to start with uh, two books that you didn't narrate to get to the third one because I, I, yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't like reading things out of order. So Me, me neither. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't jump to the third Harry Potter. I'd start at the, at the front. That's right. Padre. Wait, there were three <laughs> Harry Potters? <laughs> there, were, there were like maybe four. Yeah. <laughs> How many Hunger Games books were there? Uh, three. three I didn't well. read them. I saw, um, I saw the film. I liked it. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I made fun of the Hunger Games for many, many years, um, and then my sister really encouraged me to to start getting into the series. And I thought, oh, it's a chick book. Forget it. I don't want that. Then I read the first book, and I actually enjoyed it. So I watched the first movie, and I really enjoyed it. And that was that moment of, damn. <laughs> so I, I wanted to hate this. <laughs> I like the name Katniss. That would bring yeah. me in. That is a great name. Oh that yeah, I want to name my kid. Katniss if I had one. More like the name of dog Katniss. Well, I like this job. I get to read all kinds of stuff and my excuse is, well, I'm doing it for the show. You know. Yeah. That's just saying. <laughs> so, Mr. Heller, 
We're gonna yes, uh, we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back and talk to uh, Pat about the Mystery Writers Association of Canada. I know you've got to run. You've got a space shuttle to catch somewhere. <laughs> right. Thanks. <laughs> great talking to you and great meeting you. And listen, we'll have you back on the show. We'll talk about some vampires. How about that? Excellent. Very good. Thanks. And and Johnny, if you're ever doing a stand up routine in in Toronto, I, like I don't know if you're you're touring anymore, but uh, you know I I haven't done stand up about five years. Oh damn it. Yeah. I still say funny uh, things once in a while, but no one's here to hear it. I was hoping to have you on the show. Uh, we're building a studio just for you, Johnny. I, I'd, I'd build it like, you know, a little comfortable, little... Uh... If you build it, I will come. All right. <laughs> oh, no. And we'll be right back with Pat Flewelling from the Crime Writers of Canada right after the break. Hey, Paul. This is Orson Scott Card. I thought I was the book guy. Now I find out you're the book guy. What am I? Oh, I guess I'm just the author of Ender's Game. Okay. And we're back. <laughs> Look at that. We're back with Pat Flewelling from Crime Writers of Canada. Did I get it right this yeah, time? We got it right. I keep saying mystery writers. I don't know why. <laughs> you got my last name right. That's, that counts for something. You know, I, I should have, uh, you know, understood from the URL, which is crimewriterscanada.com. Exactly. Tell us a little bit about uh, Crime Writers of Canada. What do well, you do? When, what do we do? We, uh, number one... Crime Writers Association in Canada, very happy to say that. Uh, national nonprofit organization, we're dedicated to really promoting crime writing across Canada, both uh, Canadian writers abroad, but also especially here. So um, we're supporting all sorts of authors from nonfiction, from mysteries, from cozies, from noir, you name it. We, uh, we like to capture everybody. And it's a, a big promotion as well for all of our members. Now, you know, uh, Pat, believe it or not, we have a lot of authors who listen to the show as well. And um, yeah. what what does an association like yours, uh, what does it bring to an author? Like, what would entice, uh, a, if you're writing crime fiction, uh, what would entice an author to join a group like yours? What, How do they benefit as being part of this association? There's a lot of different reasons. Um, for one, let's take, for example, uh, a non-published author, just for an example. That's actually how I started with the crime writers. Uh, there was two main draws for this. Um, in the past, there was, uh, well, we still have it, actually, the Arthur Ellis Awards. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them before. I haven't. Um, the Arthur Ellis Awards have been around since 1984. Just had to double-check that. What it is is it celebrates uh, the best in Canadian crime fiction, and one of the categories is the best unpublished first novel. So for me, uh, to have a contest that would expose something that I've written that maybe I've never had a chance to get published before, that is enormous. It's a huge step toward getting the attention of an agent or getting the attention of a publishing house. I, I, so, I'm looking at the website here in uh, the Arthur yeah. Ellis Award. I love the award itself. <laughs> little <Yeah>. man hanging. <laughs> a little hangman. Well, you know where the, uh, the term Arthur Ellis comes from? I do not. He was actually Canada's premier hangman. I didn't so know that. All of the official executions, Arthur Ellis, was actually not his real name, but that was basically his stage name, if you will. Okay. Which so, now explains the heritage of editors everywhere. That's uh, what they need to be able to do. They need to be able to execute you. <laughs> or go by a separate name so no one can ever find you. Yes. You know, e editors, uh, editors got to kill your babies because you're not going to kill them yourself. Uh, kill your darlings, I believe Stephen King said. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's one big thing. And nowadays, um, actually, I can really speak on this one. I'm the administrator for the mentorship program. So 
Crime Writers of Canada are now, the, the crime writers themselves, the published authors, are now able to give back to the writing community by assisting unpublished authors. And I think that's fantastic because we're not just promoting ourselves, we're promoting each other. So I'm very much about that. That's great. And do you have uh, get-togethers? Uh, are there any kind of functions that uh, the crime writers do as well? There are a lot of different functions, um, specifically regional. We've actually got multiple regions because, well, it's a huge country. It's kind of hard for somebody in Halifax to attend a, uh, an event in Victoria, BC, for example. So there's a lot of provincial uh, events that go on. Word on the streets, you're probably very familiar with that in yes. Toronto. That yes. actually happens in a number of different cities across the world, or across, the, across my world, being Canada. Um, so that's one of those big things. The crime writers have a big pre uh, presence there. There are a number of individual author events as well that are actually uh, publicized through the crime writers of Canada. You can actually see it on that same website as well. And actually, I have an event coming up too. I'm very happy about that. Yeah, I'm taking a look here. Pat, uh, uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, Let's say I'm an unpublished author, and I'm, I'm just getting into it. It's probably my second career. I, I've, I've uh, spent a life doing something else. I've always had ideas for these stories. You know, the, the typical uh, first-time noob writer comes to you and says, I've got these ideas. I'd like to be part of your association. What would be, let's say, the top three things that you would give to that person at the very beginning, on the onset, to, de to develop their craft, to, de to develop their story, to put out a product that has a chance of getting published? Lots of good questions there. Uh, first thing I would say is, number one, start reading what's out there. Honestly, if you want to start writing good crime fiction or crime writing of any kind, you have to know what other people have written. What is it that the market is currently buying? If that's your main focus, is to sell something, you need to know what people are buying. But if you are writing for the sake of writing, you have to fall in love with the story first. This is one thing I've, I've known. A lot of people are focused on how do I write well. They go to also the conferences. How do I improve dialogue? How do I improve uh, plot, pacing, all that stuff? All of it is terribly important. But if you don't have a story to tell, it's like having a wonderful voice and no song to sing. You know? So the first one is read, absolutely. The second one, you have to write. You have to know your story inside out, and you have to write it down. The third thing is find other people, not only uh, other writers, published or otherwise, get yourself into a critique group. There's plenty of them out there. Just go on the internet, find your local area. If you want to find a writer, just mention that you write and they will find you. Yes. I've found that. I don't know how many times. <laughs> oh, you're a writer too. Hey, I've got all these great ideas. What do you think about this? <laughs> so, yeah, I think well, that some of the people sitting in Starbucks, you know, they've got their, their, their usually it's a MacBook. You know. Yes. They got it open and they're hi i'm writing i think that they're just it's it's a call for help <laughs> it's a call for i'm a writer does is anyone else here a writer as well <laughs> i think we well, have I mean, that kind of aura yeah that, that would be my lead my follow-up question which would be when you have an association like this i mean yeah they're trying to help one another and you're trying to be sort of a fraternal organization but at the same time they're competitors you know, i mean that, yeah. how does that work I've actually had a conversation with a publisher, actually, with uh, Typey Books, actually, with a fairly new publishing house. And because they're a startup, they had to find other people who could help them out. And yeah. I was talking to them, and um, Margaret, I hope I get her last name right, Margaret Perellis, was asking her exactly that same question. Uh, 
how do you get other information from other publishing houses if you're their direct competition? And it's not that way. Believe it or not, even among publishing houses, especially small presses, there's a big feeling of camaraderie out there because the more books I sell as publishing house, right. the more I'm able to pass on the same information to other publishing houses who may also do a referral back and forth. So the other beautiful thing about working together at small presses, for example, is the more there are, the less sales are going to the big four, right. which is the big five. So I'm all about the the little guys ganging up to undermine the power of the big conglomerate. Yeah, because the, the big ones are getting big. Absolutely. They're just gobbling and it's the up. the same thing with writers. You know, if I'm just a writer starting out like I am, I have a lot of other writers that I've been supporting up to now, doing blogging, doing uh, Facebook updates, whatever, sharing links, you name it. Now they can start to return the favor as well. So we're all in it together, regardless if your competition at all. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people about the, the big, you know, like you said, the big four, the, you know, we could say three, four, five, but uh, a lot of people say, well, they're not that big, you know, maybe one in 10 books I read is from HarperCollins and people don't realize that there's imprints that HarperCollins publishes books with something like 60 names and each one of them does that too to make these, you know, Grove Tree, Grove Tree Apple Publishing. That's HarperCollins. You know, they just use different names for different categories. And uh, usually they'll, they'll put their flagship uh, authors on, under, you know, HarperCollins. Uh, people, you are reading, you know, you most of your books that you're reading that are, you know, bestsellers are coming from four companies. Absolutely. And there's benefits either way. With a large company, they have the power of being able to get your name out there, get your title out there. Sometimes smaller presses have a lot yeah. more work to get their presence known, yes. not only as a, a publishing house, but their authors as well. So they do have that advantage. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I usually say submit your book. Try to get HarperCollins to publish it first. I, I could be off here. I know we love the small presses, but... You know, HarperCollins has like Viacom behind them. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of these publishers are, uh, you know, also own whole television networks. So yeah, it's kind of great that yeah, we'll get you on Oprah. You know, now, now Oprah's not around anymore, but you know, they can get yeah. you on those shows that will give you that exposure. Now let, let me ask you this: I mean, the smaller houses, we we love them because they can they're more willing to take some of the risks with some of these authors. They'll yes. bring in some of these new people and they'll give them a chance and they'll see how they do. They'll give them a run. Do you find that the ones who succeed with the indie printing will then immediately jump to one of the bigs? I have not yet seen that. I have really? not yet seen it, but um, it's, it's hard for me to say. I know that there have been success stories out there. I, I'm drawing a complete blank here, but I know that I'm thinking Tom Clancy started off as, as independent as independent as you can get being right. self-published and now look where it is yeah. so it can happen by the same right too again i'm drawing the blank here but i know that there's one very young and i'm not at all jealous of her at all uh <laughs> young author who published strictly on ebook sold her books for a dollar a piece did a little bit of marketing and she was rolling in a million dollars within wow. a week Wow. So do you really need to go with a large house? Not necessarily. But it certainly does have its advantages. And also, gone are the days where, um, uh, you know, uh, 
small publishers were frowned upon because a lot of them were just book printers. So they would, you know, uh, they would stalk authors and say, look, well, hey, well, well, you're going to be a star, boy. You're going to be a star. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. We'll print 5,000 books. It's going to cost you 50 grand. Don't worry. You'll be a star. And then, you know, the poor author is sitting there. The, the publisher didn't even edit it. You know, they just printed it, took the $50,000. Now this guy's like we were saying before, driving around the mystery machine, trying to hawk his books. <laughs> but now with eBooks, uh, we're at the point where, uh, I mean, Stephen King could never sell another physical copy of a book and still make millions of dollars every year. And uh, the, there's a, the advantage that the big publishers have over the, the small publishers has been, you know, we're kind of, we're equalizing it because a small publisher can get their books on uh, iTunes and Amazon just like a big publisher and it doesn't cost them, you know, a billion dollars to print a million books. Exactly. We also kind of run the other direction too where now, especially with independent, uh, independent publishers, independent writers, there are so many people in the market right now, it's even harder for us to get our names out there. We need to do so much more marketing yeah. right now. But I think that's part of the challenge. I mean, we're in an age where an entire industry that is centuries old is now evolving as we're writing things. In the span of five years, look how much has changed. It's wow. incredible. It's, it really is. I mean, uh, how long, uh, Padre, how long has podcasting uh, existed? Uh, I mean, it depends who you ask. If you ask someone like Adam Curry, who calls himself the Podfather, the Podfather, it, yeah, Podfather. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's been around for a, a bit over a decade. There's a man uh, that's like one patent away from being a bajillionaire. Should have yeah. patented that. Yeah. When he put that RSS feed together with uh, music, and you know, ah. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, things change really quickly, and podcasting didn't exist, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, ebooks are going nuts. I still prefer. To be honest with you, I prefer one of these, physical book or an audiobook. I uh, maybe because I've never been drawn in to, to get a Kindle, to get a, a e-ink screen. I might give it a shot, but you know, reading on a glowing screen like this, mm, I can't no. do it for more than ten minutes. And you know, I like reading for a couple hours at a time. I, I, I devour books. I don't do you know five minute session. I can't do it. I sit down with a rye or with, you know, an old fashioned or a coffee or a tea or a glass of water and just go at it. Um, but yeah, eBooks, huge, huge, small publishers getting out there and folks, you go to the website, find out if it is a small publisher. Like I said, a lot of imprints out there. <laughs> it probably is a Harper Collins, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The book industry is a lot like the cruise industry where even if you don't realize it, you're probably cruising on carnival. And if right. you go with one of the book, the, the big book, manufacturers the big book outfits then you can expect at some point to be caught on a seven-day cruise out in the middle of the pacific in a, in a rotting fetid hulk of a boat surrounded by sewage and cold food and i think i think break it breaks down? down at that point though but it's i'm sorry <laughs> didn't their break their bus break down as soon as they got off oh it, they, uh... they had a, a rough time <laughs> <laughs> but but you know the, the small publishers really the the advantage now is of course we were talking earlier with johnny heller about the reviews and how they work on Audible, and uh, the way it's working now on Amazon and iTunes, same thing, it's user reviews, so uh, you get your book out there, it doesn't matter who published it, really, as long as you get that user, that social interaction, the social media, uh, you get out there on the Facebook, the tweeters, the LinkedIn's, all that other shiza, and, uh, you know, uh, and get those reviews on iTunes, it's the most important thing, because that's, when I go to Amazon or Audible, I look at the reviews right away, it's the first thing, 
I don't care who published it. I really don't. I don't care even who published the audiobook, if it was Blackstone or, you know, uh, Brilliance, whoever. Although Brilliance and Blackstone make good audiobooks. Just, just saying. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's a really nice tie-in here, and that is there's been a phenomenon within the last, I'd say, 18 months of especially indie writers who have realized a really good way to jumpstart their book sales is to do a podcast circuit. You know, get know someone who will get you involved with uh, a group of podcasters. Get out there. Get your name known. Get to know audiences because they realize the same people who are going to listen to podcasts will be the people who will be enticed to go to Amazon.com or to Audible and actually write a review. Um, and, and so, you know, you, you see a, some, some of these small authors who are getting way more attention than they should at, at this point in their career because they're, they're playing the social media game. I was just going to say, not only podcasts, but also blogs. Because uh, yep, especially yes. now with the proliferation of uh, things like Blogspot or WordPress, it's a lot easier for anybody to be able to access that, that technology. From there, you just send out links to all of your different people. You get two authors who interview each other, for example. You've now just doubled your exposure. And, you know, we, we've had authors uh, like Scott Sigler, who has been on the show, uh, Scott Sigler, who started off, like you said, Padre, all he did was podcasts. He, uh, he said, you know what? No one wants to publish my stuff. Screw you. And he put out his, uh, he recorded his own audiobooks, put them out for free yeah. on podiobooks.com and said, go at it and built a following of millions of listeners, millions, crazy Scott Sigler maniacs. And, uh, his now, uh, the infected trilogy pandemic is available for pre-order now at scottsigler.com. Two T's in Scott. Um, and he's doing well. He's, we're looking at TV deals. He's, I'm looking at his blog here now. He's like, who should we cast as Brian Clouser? You know, he, he's trying to figure out now with his fans, who, who should star in my movie, you know? And uh, there's a lot of people out there. Yeah, it's, it, the whole thing is get out there, social, 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 social. Absolutely. Doesn't matter. Scott Sigler, self-published. Yeah, he's published now, but I don't even know who publishes him. And I don't care. Great books. But you know what is the number one most effective means of getting a sale? Face-to-face. -face. Always. <clears throat> Absolutely. And that's yes. one of the reasons, again, why Prime Medicine Canada is a fantastic way yeah. to go. Because you're actually going out and you're making connections with yes. your favorite authors. I've, I don't remember how many authors I've actually met. I yes. can tell you, though, if you look behind me, my wonderful bookcase here, if you exclude all of the, uh, the dictionaries and thesauruses, at least 40% of the books that I own are signed by the author. Brilliant. Which, by the way, is the other reason why we should go with traditional print, because you can't <laughs> yes. sign a Kindle. At least not yet. You can do well, e-signatures. You, you can do it you e can, yeah. but then my, my screen's all messed up. I can't really see through it anymore, and it's exactly. got all this ink on it, so... Mm, sharp. Actually, you know what they are coming out now with? Is that you can actually... I've heard about this, at least in rumor where you can now go into certain, uh, especially independent bookstores, you can buy a postcard that has all the information about a book on it already. That's all it is, is a postcard. But when you look on the back, it has a one-time redeem coupon. Oh, interesting. So you buy the postcard for, say, $8, you go on to Amazon.com, yeah. you redeem it, and there's the book. Mm -hmm. So you have the card. You can now sell ebooks in person you can actually sign or autograph right those postcards and get them to your office that's genius love it love it absolutely yeah because usually uh, uh authors have to generate a download code uh and you know email it to the person so i guess now that's a great way to do it face to face where 
uh, the author can just hand you an ebook. An exactly. I mean, digital let's say you, you can go into a, a writer's convention and you have only ebooks. What are you going to do? Hey, guys, I have yeah. an ebook. Here, remember the title and my name and everything else. And I hope that by the time you get home and jet lagged, you'll go immediately yes. on Amazon.com and buy my book. Or you can take it out of your purse or your briefcase or what have you and say, here, buy my book right now from me. Yes. Face-to-face, -face, very important. I'll take it one step further. Uh, there's a, a thing, uh, multiplying your time. Uh, with Scott Sigler, he does a lot of face-to-face. -face. He does a lot of you know, uh, book tours and signings. But he also does the YouTube videos where now he's uh, doing a face-to-face -face sort of, but with a million people. You know, <laughs> So rather than having to meet each one of them one at a time, he'll bring you into his home and show you his, you know, here's my fireplace. You know, here's the, oh, look, oh, here's the new book that's coming out. And, and, and it... It really does endear you to the author. It gets you thinking, this is a real person, and he's a nice guy. And a lot of authors fail to do that on their websites and whatnot, uh, which is make a human connection with uh, the people that you know enjoy their books. Exactly. And Pat, thank you so much for joining us. We're, you know what? Uh, you got to say hello to our good friend Donna Carrick. I will, absolutely. I'm talking to her again tomorrow. Excellent. So I will say that you said hello. Go, no, don't say hello. You tell her that Paul the Book Guy sends her a big hug and a kiss. And, uh, for, I will do and, that. and tell her to give Alec uh, just, just a hug, no kiss. No kisses? Oh, Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I am from Montreal. <laughs> you know, we're allowed to do that. Okay. A double, yeah, that's fine then. Okay. <laughs> we'll do that. Uh, Pat, were you going to stick around for some book news? Sure, absolutely. Excellent. And you folks, don't forget Crime Writers Canada. Dot com. I think I got it right that time. You did get it right that time. <laughs> CrimeWritersCanada.com. Syndicate? Is that, is, that, is that what it was? It's... That's what it was. If you're a crime writer and you're in Canada, you want to go to CrimeWritersCanada.com and check it out. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm sure that, Pat, you'll be bringing us some fine crime writers, Canadian crime writers, to talk to you on the show at some point. Oh, you name it. <laughs> you just give me the sign and I will sign you up for at least, oh... I'll go looking through my library and I'll start picking uh, them in alphabetical order. I like me some crime fiction. I like some murders. Murders, stabbing. Murders. I can, shooting. I can find you some pretty stabby authors. That's not going to be a problem. <laughs> is, is, is that an actual genre, stabby? Is, is, can I look I that up? I have just invented it. I am going okay. to dominate the genre of stabby murder. <laughs> stabby. Let's get right into Book News. Now, Padre, we were talking last week about, oh, it's great, Amazon got this patent uh used ebooks uh it looks like it was probably a defensive patent wah, wah. Wah, wah. so it looks like what amazon has done with that patent is deny one method of being able to sell used ebooks so uh for folks who don't know defensive patent is when you patent something so no one else can use it so uh they've patented this very vague thing about selling used ebooks so that no one else can do it and if you look at the language of the patent, it's deliberately oh. written in such a way where even if you have a variation of it, they can expand the patent and hold you in court long enough yeah. to drain your financial resources. This is what the big guys do. The, you know, a little guy yeah. right now says, I'm going to sell ebooks, and you can sell them to each other as used ebooks. Amazon just yeah. comes with a $15 million lawyer and says, not happening. I mean, this is a great example of, of everything that's wrong with the patent system right now. I mean, yeah. You should not be able... The whole idea of patent system is to protect innovation, so things you're going yes. to do. You should not be able to patent things you're not going to do. Uh, you know, the patent system right now, money wins, is what it comes down yeah. to. It's going to cost you $60,000 to get a patent to begin with. 
and it's going to cost you billions to defend it. It's who has the bigger, uh, you know, bigger wallet wins basically in patents because yeah. it doesn't matter you have a patent. Uh, Amazon could throw $2 million worth of lawyers at you and your patents. Which is why Pat is now going to be the head of the Patent Writers of Canada. That's, That's right. where the money is. That's where Dabby. the money is. Dabby. Dabby Patton. That's right. Until Google Glass comes out, and then like Professor Allen said, the money's in working at the lost and found. That's right. Because <laughs> everyone's going to lose their $1,500 glasses. <laughs> hey, uh, we were also talking last week. Uh, Zach Mann, one of our greatest listeners, great guy. He's on the tweeters. Zach Mann sent this in. We were talking about uh, Red Shirts, uh, narrated by Will Wheaton. He said, hey, have you checked out Clash of the Geeks? So uh, go to unicornpegasuskitten.com. <laughs> this is... Uh, nice. It's available free. It is a free download PDF, RTF, EPUB, Mobi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, unicornpegasuskitten.com. Clash of the Geeks. A fantastical chapbook to benefit the Lupus Alliance of America. Uh, you can download for free. They ask you to donate. And uh, there's stories in here by Will Wheaton. John Scalzi, who's the guy who did uh, Red Shirts. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people. It's a whole collection. And uh, please, if you enjoy it, uh, donate. Yeah. Uh, you guys know that I use a... I got a 12 South book book. Ooh, and it holds your iPhone. I don't know if they have an Android version. But, you know, you can put your credit cards in one side. And I love it. Because, you know what? The more you scratch it up, the cooler it looks. It's like an old leather-bound book. And literally, you can just scratch the crap out of it. Um, they've come out with this. Oh, no. Oh, really? Yeah. It's pretty. Oh, yeah. It's pretty. They've got it for a couple of different devices. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it's the MacBook Pro Retina. And I don't have a MacBook Pro Retina. But it, wah, wah. just putting that up on the screen for the folks at home. That is really cool. Um, I might have to get a MacBook Pro Retina just to do a review of the. You see, when you're <laughs> buying the laptop to fit in the case, uh, <laughs> it's my, so my, cool. My I want to carry around a issues. big book. We were going to talk about free Hello books, but since Sir Jimmy didn't show up, hmm, not happening. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just not happening. Um, we've got one more really quickie here. Pat, I don't know if you're a yeah. comic book fan. Uh, it depends on the comic book, but yes. Well, Tease me. Comic books, comic books, comic books. Uh, if it wasn't bad enough that Batman lost his parents a long, long time ago, it looks like DC is killing off. Damian Wayne is uh, formerly insane. Now, uh, cohort, part of the dynamic duo, Damian Wayne is passing away in a uh, future Batman Incorporated. There'll be three. He's gone through a lot of Robins. Yes. <laughs> well, but so, uh, unlike when Jason Todd was killed off, which, by the way, it happened because the uh, the audience was allowed to vote, and by a very yeah. narrow margin, they decided to kill him, which is kind of sad, really. I think but, in general, um, Batman fans always want Robin out of the picture. I know, sad, right? <laughs> But when Jason Todd died, it was sort of, it was like really depressing. It was sad. It was in a warehouse. Yeah. He got the crud beaten out of him by the Joker and the crowbar and then blown up. This time, Robin dies saving the universe. Yes. So a little different, a little different. We've already had yeah. a Dark Knight series, you know, of, of books and now, you know, films. Now, how darker does Batman get now? That it's not, not just his parents, like his 10-year-old kid. And he does not get the Parent of the Year award either. 
No, you don't don't, so don't go around matter. fighting crime with your ten year old kid. Just saying. <laughs> We're running late as always, aren't we? <sighs> always. That's what we do. What we do, Pat. <laughs> By the way, Pat, I, I see you you have an official book guys show uh bookcase behind you. I do, I do. Exclusive yes. club. Nobody else can have them except Audrey, us. You're going to have to upgrade. I'm sorry. The, the steel thing is just not working for me. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to rock the steel. So I don't know if... Uh, we'll it, see. A, a, we'll Padre, see. it's an exclusive club to get this book, guys, show uh, case. It's called Ikea. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> and don't try the meatballs. Don't. No. You know what, <laughs> no. I, you know what I say about, the neat, about eating the meatballs? Nay. Nay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's when I hit this button. <laughs> Pat, it's been a lot of fun talking to you about CrimeWritersCanada.com. See, I get it right because I read it off here. <laughs> Next week, jet fighter pilot Dan Hampton returns to talk about his new book, The Mercenary. Could be fun. See if we can get him to turn on his video so we can actually see him sitting in the cockpit talking to us. Padre, thank you so much for joining us. Pat, thank you very much. Pleasure. We'll have you back on soon with Donna and Alec. That'll be fun. It's slushy outside, Padre. Really slushy. See you next week, folks. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Paul the Book Guy will be back next week. Same book time, same book channel.